I'm promoting the album, so I'm, I'm more in, in, in New York than I feel like I was just here like two weeks ago because I took my little brother for his birthday, first time in New York, on a helicopter ride, and he he was in love. I get the best sister award this time. It's cool to be back here and be like you're like a rock star now. I don't feel like that at all. No, Jesus Christ, no. I feel like me. Just more grind, or what do you- I mean, more sleepy. <laughs> maybe that's why yeah. you know I feel like I live in a van I guess it's one of those things where it's it maybe feels a little bit different from the from the inside because it's I mean it's a little more gradual right you don't like wake up one day and you're like oh everything is it's so gradual that you don't even feel the change everyone's at home super fam oh you got do oh my god yeah. and to me it just feels like the next level in your career I mean it's not like you ever stop doing shows the thing that has changed is is bigger venues small people screaming out sometimes you know cooler opportunities yeah. but other than that I I've been I've been touring for years. You wouldn't want to stop doing shows. No, I wouldn't want to. I would I would take a beautiful break for a month and come back hard. And in that break, I would eat more green food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would recharge. Yeah. Cause I, I, it would be great. You know, you're driving on the road. It's KFC, Burger King, McDonald's, man. It's hard for a player. You feel like this career is bad for your health? I think that I'm bad for my health. <laughs> because guess what? Half the bangers are vegan now. You know, because the road has taught them that. It's taught them that they can't just eat anything and put it in their body and that. How come they learned that lesson and you didn't? I don't, because I think, I mean, first of all, I've always been a chubby girl. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So growing up, it was large plates of food plus churches and Popeyes. Chubby, that's fine. But the health issue is a totally different one, right? Meaning that everybody in my group has always, at least most of, most of the ones that are, that's vegan right now, they haven't had too many weighted shoes, you yeah. know what I'm saying, that affected their health. Some of them have. I just always been this way, so I never really saw... I just always been this way. I don't know no other way to be. Sure. You could be chubby, but still, like, eat eat healthy. Because, like, at a certain point, it's, like, it's like less about image or all these other things and more about just, like, general health Oh, it's health about both to me and yeah. not image according to anybody else. Image according to I love the thrift stores and I want to go and buy that one-of-a-kind <laughs> outfit that that... I can't buy because yep. I can't fit that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I dig what the rest of the world is on. Body image and positive. That's awesome. But I'm about being healthy and loving me personally. And, sure. and that's at any size I am. But I want to I wanna be healthy and I want to wear the clothes that I want to wear, man. Like, yeah. For real. Energy is important too, right? It's I mean, huge. Food affect your energy. How many nights a year at this point are you touring? Oh, gosh. Are you on the road most of the time? It feels mm-hmm, like for sure. I'm home probably three days, you know, yeah. two, four a week. But when we're home, it's like Christmas, man. Everybody's happy that we're home. We get to spend moments with family are much more precious and special. You try to make it last, and you eat all the New Orleans food, and you do all the touristy ass stuff that you would have never did if mm-hmm. you was home all the time. Yeah. It's much more special. I've been traveling a lot for my job these days. For me, like when I get home at this point, I just kind of want to pass out and like lock myself up and <laughs> little Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, it, but it's, I mean, I obviously like we have email and everything else, but it's just, it's hard to, to be social and to be, you know, like in touch with people when you're, when you're gone all the time. You're trying to, even your family want to call you over. You want to, they want to chill with you, but yeah. you're a little sleepy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But you want to make that time for them. I, I definitely take the time to rest and, and see my family, man. I'm going to be home for like three days and I'm spending two of them in Florida because I want to be around all my nephews and my yeah. nieces. So where are you at now with the, I mean, the album's been out for what, about a month now? About a month. Yeah. So yeah. where, where are you at with that cycle right now? I am at like literally still excited when someone 
post that they're listening to the songs. Yeah. It still makes me very, very excited. Are you like going through and searching Twitter and just like? I don't go. I'm not on Twitter. You're not on Twitter. No. Okay. Um, that's good. That's actually. You know what? That's good for your health. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with Instagram. Yeah. I mean, to see all those beautiful visuals all day, it, it's a mind. Can you curse on here? Yeah, that's a mind fuck. I don't know that any social media is good for you, but like Twitter is just, especially so. now with like news and Trumps on there and all that, yeah. it's just like it's that's horrible. It's tough. It's Instagram and Facebook for me for yeah. sure. More Instagram than Facebook probably because I just like to look at all these beautiful images and encouraging quotes and uh, makeup tutorials. <laughs> This album cycle must feel different. I mean, it must feel different than last time you did this. I don't even, of course. I mean, nobody was posting it online like yeah. this. It's just, it's just so cool to see all these, like yesterday I signed over 200 vinyl, you know? Yeah. First of all, everybody back into vinyl again. That's yep. amazing to be a part of that, that run. And I'm crazy though. I still feel like no one's listening and nobody, nobody care. You know, that's how you feel. Like nobody, nobody listens. Like nobody's really listening. And then you always get surprised that somebody actually is. I'm surprised every day that somebody listening and that's crazy. You go to the show, the people there. And when people they know singing. the words, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a that shocker. must be. That's just shocking. Yeah. Y'all know the words, y'all. Again, listening. <laughs> I think that all the time. When did this start being a full-time, really serious thing for you? I think the day I quit IHOP years ago. I just walked in and I told my boss that I wasn't emotionally there anymore. And uh, she said, you quit? I wasn't trying to quit. I was just trying to go home early. Were you ever emotionally there at IHOP? I mean, that's yes. the sort of... Were you? It seems like the kind of job a lot of people are just sort of checked out from. I loved it. Yeah, I love being around the people. I love, um, especially when it's two people. You know, I got a yeah. table of two people. If it's not overwhelming, then I'm I'm the best waitress you ever had. Oh, yeah. But if it's overwhelming, then I'm the suckiest waitress you ever had. Uh, and, it always, and I always admired the girls that could handle those huge tables like that, that I couldn't act like it was nothing, you know? It takes a lot to be to be a waitress. A lot of humility as well. But you liked it. I did like it, and I just I just didn't want to be at work that day. But I didn't think that I was gonna quit. But she asked me, and I said, "Yeah, I quit." And she was like, okay. And I just never went back. I never went back to no job after that. I mean, it wasn't an off day for you. That was a symptom of something larger. <laughs> no, I was already like. there. I yeah. was just there. It was the music that was. Pulling your attention? No, you I just, just I just didn't. You know, you have days where you just don't want to go to work. Yeah, of course. Like, I won't be here today. Yeah. Is, is that okay? But obviously, you know, I mean, I think if I, if I could rewind the time and I just would have told her, I just want to roll and go home today. I'm not feeling that well. I would have had a completely different future. Because that means I would have went back the next day, yeah. the next day after that. Where was that in terms of the music? Had, had the band already started? Not at all. Really? No. I was okay. just working, and then I, I messaged a young lady who used to message me all the time, send me encouraging quotes. I had an old phone. It had to download the messages. I hated it. Yeah. And so I was like, dang it, this girl sent me another quote. Yeah, here we go. That's nice. So you had somebody sending it. you nice, every encouraging day. quotes? Every day. Was she a friend? or was she... Nah, she how wasn't you, a friend. How does a random person get your phone number? And um, you... It was a, a mutual friend at school. She wanted a poem. She wanted a poem on her list about her and her sister's relationship. She asked me to write it. She was very persistent about it, so I just wrote the poem for her. And she just, we kept in contact with the text message. I never wrote back to her. And uh, one day she sent out the message, and I said, girl, I really needed that quote. I just quit my job. You want to go to the movies? Lifelong friends. Fast forward. She's wow. my manager. She manages the entire crew. Really? Writing something for a leg tat, that's a pretty big... It, the poem wasn't even fire. It wasn't even fire. I, I mean, somebody I asks no me to put it. something that they're going to have on their body forever? I know. You would have thought, right? What but was... Do you remember what the poem was? It was like... Well, she still has it. She's she your manager. It. It's huge, too. <laughs> it's, and, and her and her sister have it. So okay. that's crazy. Something like, blood be the bond of sisters. That's all I remember. Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, it sounds impressive. <laughs> she liked it. Yeah. Jesus. You just kind of like fired off some bullshit And we just, and every day, we just hung out every day listening to live music in New Orleans, walking the streets, hanging out, partying. She had like, she was in school full time. She worked for 911 and she worked for the government and she would party with me all night. And I was her only friend at this time. And everybody kept asking me, when you gonna come out with a new album or an album tank, period. And for some reason, I kept looking at her. And I would say, when I'm going to come out with an album? She said, soon, we're going to do it. I don't know why I looked at her. She's, she doesn't know anything. But we were, we made the album together. Yeah. It's crazy. You can kind of like get a sense of people the first, first few minutes you meet them. Yeah, but not but for me to tell you why I kept looking to her for my album, I would never be able to tell you that because I, I, I don't know why I did that. Why did she reach out to, to you for a poem? I mean, you, I assume you were already pretty yeah, heavily into poetry at I'm, that point. Because I'm a poet and she yeah. um she used to come to the open mic night okay. and see me perform. And um, we never used to speak or anything, but... Her sister went there one night and said there was this girl there that really changed my life. She wanted to see who this girl was. I was that girl. When did you start writing poetry? At least around 12. Yeah, and reciting it. My grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, that that changed my life. Because my grandmother took me to every church after that. And I, I would do this poem before my grandfather would preach. And I went to Brave New Voices with HBO. And then after that, after I became like 20, I went to compete with the adults we won a national championship with my team team snow which is slam new orleans and then i got out the poetry competitive game it was a good opportunity to, to play to two of your strengths right so you're interested in poetry mm-hmm. but obviously you're a performer and it sounds like you yeah. got a little bit of that in the family if your grandfather was a preacher lots of preachers too in the family yeah. too kind of weird they thought i was gonna do that i don't want to be in church every sunday though yeah. did poetry seem like a thing that you could really feasibly do i mean there aren't a lot of examples right now there was like one in new orleans yeah. and she she encouraged me to hold way to me sunny patterson she was on that poetry jam okay which kind of changed my life i said yeah. i just want to travel the world with my notebook you know and that's all i want to do like yeah. sunny patterson yeah and a lady told me she said no you gotta use your music and then let the poetry accompany it people listen to your music first i went okay and then i i started doing more music with the poetry. I mean, it's true, right? How many examples are there of people actually like just going to listen to, to poetry versus, you know? There's a lot, but the world is so underground. We're finally becoming above ground now with, hmm. to me, people like myself and I consider Tierra a poet in a sense and No Name and yeah. um, Anderson Pack and Kendrick Lamar. These are poets to me. You're people, talking about rappers in a lot of cases. Yeah, Musicians. But a lot of them have dabbled in poetry. Yeah. But I mean, it was clear that in order to really kind of get it out there, that music was going to have to be an element. It has to be to me these yeah. days for sure. People want to dance. They want to nod their head. They don't just want to listen for some reason. They will listen to the mumbo jumbo rap, but they won't listen to a poet who's making complete sense. It's weird. I was reading up on you a little bit before, and it sounds like prior to the band, there was a musical element to the poetry mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah, the team. We used to put music and poetry together. Yeah. So some people liked it, some people didn't. But in I is, I mean, we was dope. So we really didn't, you know, we really didn't care what nobody had to mm-hmm. say. We was dope. And we, you know, after you won a national championship. <laughs> You really don't care about nobody got us. I guess I can't say you quit the job. You weren't working there anymore all of a sudden. I could have kept going because my team kept going. They won another one the next year. But there's no sense in me to, you know, I want to bow out a champion. And I already knew that I needed more time to really express myself, do my thing. And then I just started asking for a band, for an album. They start coming to me. What do you mean you started asking? asking? I want a band. You put it out in the universe? I put it out in the universe. I'm like a magnet. I'm serious. I ask for things and I really work. And it comes to me yeah. like magic. 
Yes. IHOP stops happening. How soon after that are you able to really start getting this thing together? Let me see if the timeline is correct. The timeline is like IHOP, slam poetry, yeah. m- um, musical open mic, met the bangers, became a group called Liberated Soul Collective. That group broke up. Tank is left with the bangers. It was like a collective or like mm-hmm. what, what? So you It were was there. a collective of a, this, this guy had a dream that we could kind of be like the roots, you know, just take everybody yeah, that yeah. that's from Philly that's dope. Jill Scott, you know, all of them, all of those amazing artists are from Philly. He want to do the same thing with New Orleans. Nobody was doing it. So some caught on to it and some, and some didn't. And those who did, we traveled together for years and did our thing and rocked the smallest clubs like it, it was the biggest clubs. And, uh, Everybody just kind of got like really grown up, you know, like kids and girlfriends and jobs. And I'm the only one that got no kids and no marriage, no job. So I, you know, I, I stay with it the longest and I was left with the band. And yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, you get to a certain point where it ain't, it ain't pop off yet. Yeah. I gotta go get it real life and yeah. I understand that. It's diminishing returns for a lot of people at a certain point, but you didn't give yourself a timeline. No, I just kept doing it and I never thought that we would make it. I didn't even know what making it look like. I've always kind of just, I've been this talented, gifted girl. And if somebody that I trust has leadership, abilities, then I go with it. Well, it sounds like you're the de facto leader in some way, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a leader, but it's, it's never just one of me. It's always two of me. Like my like my best friend, she's the manager. And before it was the slam master, Akeem Martin. If there's good people, it got good hearts, they're smart, then I'm going to I'm gonna go with those people. Because I'm not the type of person that want to be the artist managing an artist. Like, I'm not going to manage myself. I, I could barely do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you got yourself dressed, you got here. So those, are, those are, you know. You have you're doing, no idea. That you're was... That was a big part of my day. That's I woke up and went, oh, it's so early. Yeah. I got to get up at 10 o'clock. Oh, my God. It's hard. Yeah. I think I'm going to set the alarm. Let's get up at 10.30. I talked to a lot of a lot of bands. Everyone has this kind of like utopian ideal of, hey, let's operate like a democracy. And, and there are very few cases where that actually works. To a person, everyone seems to tell me that somebody needs to have the clear vision. Somebody needs to sort of like, it's great that everybody has an input and everybody has their thing that they're good at. But there needs to be one person who's really steering the ship, basically. For sure. Sure. And to me, unless you are a super person, I wouldn't want it to be someone in the group because mm. they're too emotionally attached to the yeah. music, to the people. So, you know, they, they're emotionally attached. It has to be somebody that's that cares about you, but is not a musician per se. I guess there's like two different things at play here, right? There's a musical direction and then there's like the business aspect. And you're kind For of sure. talking specifically about the business and aspect. And I'm literally in the middle. I mean, it sounds like some of these people were kind of on board then from the beginning or mm-hmm. did... Yeah. The band members are owners as well. And management, you had this One friend. manager. The girl that's been there with me since the beginning. Yeah. It's all of us. The NPR gig was kind of a, a major turning point <laughs> for you, right? The gig. gig. Wasn't a gig? You know what it was? It was an opportunity. It was an opportunity, which, which gigs are, but but this was, this wasn't no ordinary gig. Well, sure. It was different. Even walking out there in that room full of all those people in a regular office. That's like me about to perform yeah, at somebody's yeah. desk and everybody comes from all over the building to watch you do it. And there is no microphone, so you have to project. I was sick and I was scared and I was nervous. Not as nervous as Jimmy Fallon. But no, sure, you performed live plenty of times. How right. is this different? I get Jimmy Fallon, right? I, mean, right. Ooh, I, I get that, that was, right? Because yeah. you're like, it's like network television. Watching. And, Everyone's watching. Yeah, and uh, this, you didn't the know. The roots are watching. They're right there. <laughs> yeah. Chris is watching you. Yeah. He's very <laughs> sweet. He's very sweet, too. You know what made me more nervous? Honestly, just being sick. You don't want to screw up and... Yeah. 
you you can't record this over. You know, it's just that. Was there pressure that this was an opportunity that you hadn't necessarily had before? No pressure, but knowing we we we're we're a band that started in open mics and poetry yeah. clubs, so that environment is not foreign to us. To have people just around mm-hmm. you as they quietly listen to you, what means is that you just can't fuck up. Did I fuck up a couple of times on that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I went with it. And it's your name that's on it, and you're the person out front. And like you said, it's your business. If something. What's funny is is that everyone will literally copy your errors that's the funny part you mean the band members no i mean the crowd like say the word is supposed to be where and i started saying what like what 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 what? everybody gonna be like what 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 what?" and i'm like that ain't even the right word but that's but but, you know it's that's that's like the spirit you know you're talking about like improv you got jazz influence like that's kind of you gotta go with it you have to go with i mean what i'm gonna do stop it in front of everybody and be like yo i'm sorry (laughs) y'all that was the wrong word (laughs) you have to keep on going your mind is constantly working to make sure that you don't drop this ball yeah how important is that sense of improv i mean and when it comes to sort of you know writing performing music do you feel like that's a key part of the music still i mean obviously you have notebooks and you're writing out lyrics right i think these days well before we had so much time to practice and now we're on the road so much now and we used to like literally you know be in rehearsal oh that's a song you know Mm -hmm. and we write down record or whatever but now i think you have to more so when you go in the studio create there because there's there's not that much time in between to do so. I, I'll let you know next time I see you. <laughs> You're writing because I'm writing. Yeah. I write all the time. I write yeah. my feelings, and it's a poem. It's a song. And then when I go in the studio, I'm singing it as they just writing along, just singing out my feelings. Mm-hmm. And then I have to write a hook as we're doing it. And that's the that's the improv part right there. I just think I just hope that. Someone is always recording because magic is always happening. The musical part is more of the improvisational part for you. It could go anywhere. It could go anywhere, but the but the writing can too. When we're in the creative process, mostly anything goes. And then you go in the studio and then you kind of iron it out and make it what you think it's supposed yeah. to be. But in the creative process, I will hope that nobody infringes on it. Like sometimes my MDS say, oh, wait, go to the three. I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. just let people create freely. That doesn't always work. I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with a band, you have to be kind of more of a team player just it's not just writing your poetry going on stage performing it you're working with a lot of uh, obviously like very like gifted people mm-hmm. you got to be at I least take open what they say into mind it's not always <laughs> easy because you know i feel yeah. like i am the uh i am the the the, the poet specialist here don't yeah. tell me anything but i've learned over the years that everybody don't always understand what i'm saying and that's when i stopped writing for just me and you know i try to include people on this journey that i'm going on in my mind but i, I definitely think of me first but you have to think of people too if if you want to be a part of this industry, meaning that you don't want to be just understood by yourself. So my band members help me with that. So if I'm lost on a word, they'll help me. It sounds like it's kind of music first right now. I mean, that's that's the main thing that you're doing. I'm, I'm sure you're mm-hmm. writing for yourself to some degree or maybe just writing poetry. But now that that's your main gig, has it had a profound influence on you as a writer? It did change because I used to write more freely. Musically, you have to make sure that it fits into the bars yeah. and you have to make sure that the melody is correct and that... um. I just used to say anything I wanted. You like a loop? You know what? Yeah. You like a loop? I just say anything. I used to have fun. And then it sounds it like was, you still say anything you want. You they, just have to like fit I make it. a little bit. Yeah, you got to make more <laughs> sense of it now, just a little bit more, which can be, which yeah. is so lame to me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean make sense of it? You got to make sense of some of these words. Yeah. You know, you got to make sense that, oh, that can't go into the third because the fourth is coming up. You know, like they have musical terms that, you know, I still haven't gotten even after all of these years. You just have to make more sense because at first I was coming from a place that was just a much more innocent, you know, as to where I just 
Like to me, I didn't need I didn't need a bass. I didn't know that it was important. I just wanted a guitar or maybe keys, which you still can have, but I didn't realize that a bass can carry a song. And now that I know more, you know, you just you think you think a little bit more of the other players besides yourself. It has to be a little more difficult than juggling juggling those things. You have or at least had a very specific way in which you created. Wrote. Yeah. And now you're dealing with all these other aspects. Individuals now. too. Yeah. Yeah. So are you writing melodies? Is that part of it? Are you bringing that to the table? Or are you just or are you just bringing the words? I write the whole thing. The whole thing. Pretty much melody, everything. Yeah. And if I'm lost on a word, you know, I'll ask one of the bangers and they'll give me a word to yeah. rhyme with ice cream. You know? <laughs> but you don't have any sort of professional musical no, background. So what do you I don't. you humming bars to them? Yeah. Or? Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they'll make sense of it. Yeah. I remember the first time I brought a song to uh, them, uh it was really fast and I thought it was so cold and it was funny. Made a funny boy about the name of Tim to me to took me on a trip, got a duck and you wanna skip them on the left, 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 dip, 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 dip. It was really fast. They loved it. And then I did it in front of a crowd and the crowd looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, Yeah, that was the end of the song and they went, Oh, okay. They clapped. So I had to change the whole song around. They weren't getting it. Everyone in the band got it. They got it. They liked it. What was not to get about it? I think it went by so fast. Yeah. They didn't crowd. I only literally performed it a, a cup. I could count on my hands the number yeah. of times until I had to change it. But I changed it, and it's much better now. Do you think there's a kind of a marked benefit, though, not having a professional music background? Do you think you're bringing something different <laughs> to the table, like not having been schooled in all this? I do. I think it's good. I think it's good that I know what they don't know, and yeah. they know what I don't know. The only thing that I wish that would happen now, which is all up to me, is that I develop what they know. Because at this point in the game, to me, I should know more of what they know instead of just sticking to what I know. Are you interested in studying? Yeah, yeah. Is, is that something you're I want? I want to get on the keys and magically play a song. Well, yeah, it's not Everybody wants to just do this. <laughs> you know, I sit behind keys all the time and I'm like, oh, I'm man. Just saying, I'm just saying, like, if, if it hasn't happened that way yet, that's not going to happen. It may not be in my vault. That doesn't mean that you can't just learn, Just a melody, though. come on. I got a ukulele. Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't mean that you, you can't learn. And, you, you, again, you're surrounded by people who really know their all shit. All of them and, and multiple instruments. And I know if I ask any of them that they would be willing to teach me. I mean, that's the type of guys they are. Not that you have like a ton of free time now, but is it, is it something that you're pursuing? Um, no. <laughs> you should did you see you should have saw my Instagram video yesterday. Yeah. I did a song while I was playing piano and then the, the camera came around and saw that it was actually one of the guys on the floor playing the piano. My fans went crazy. Yeah. They couldn't believe. They they was like, Tank, you really fooled me. <laughs> Is you just really magically funny. learn how to play the piano? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right, y'all. Yeah. And, and, and then I was doing this in the keys of this, and my hands was up, but only two people noticed that. Working the way that you're working now is something that's succeeded for you, so maybe you don't necessarily want to mess with the magic. You know, you hear like... Mm, I got to mess with the magic. You got to mess with the magic? I got to mess with it, because nothing can take away from me. Learning an instrument or, or becoming more of a student of the thing that I claim to love will never take away from yeah. me. It will only add on to what I already have. You feel like you need to push the band, though, musically? I mean, it's important that the next album, whatever it sounds like, doesn't sound like this one? It, it it really probably won't. Yeah, it really won't, especially since the concept will be so different from what Green Balloon is. What's the concept of Green Balloon? Light, fuzzy, magical, whimsical, curious, teenage-like. So by, by concept, Money, you mean kind of the vibe? The vibe. And yeah, because the green, you know, we were, we were or at least I was, obsessed with the green of everything you know uh the green of of getting high the green of um of money changing people and um green being naive and and not knowing anything and um just just the green balloon to me it sounded whimsical it sounded like 
a balloon in the forest. And I, I loved it. I really did. And I got really, I got really into it. I wasn't making music thinking, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this is going to be whimsical. I just made it. And um, it just so happened to tie in to what, what I needed. I really love that album. Not everything that you're describing related to the green is necessarily whimsical by its nature. I mean, the idea of like money changing people. Yeah, but the green has a lot of to a, a lot of um different aspects. Green as in you know forest. Uh, green as in weed and getting high and imagining things. Yeah. I don't know if you heard the term green as a blade of grass, which means you're being naive or fresh, or green as in growth. You know, and and balloon as in being full of yourself or floating away or feeling. Honestly, tethered down. The entire concept, the entire album starts with an image? It started with songs, and then the image came later on. I just write, and and then I make sense of it later. Yeah, I don't be like, I'm writing with this concept. No, I just write everything, and then I make sense of heart, boxes, squares, everything. And then I just... I just make sense of it later on. Walmart, everything. You're constantly writing. You got your notebook with you. My um, phone. Your phone. Voice memos, probably. Yeah, I'm one of those people now I used to, that I used to hate. Anything that like helps the creative process, there's nothing wrong That's with that. That's how I feel. It's always there, you know? Yeah. You use the tools you have, I guess, as, as the saying goes. Yes. You amass like a certain number of poems, songs, bring them to the group. I assume you write more than ultimately ends up on the record. You weed them down. And then you just sort of start to see... A, a theme emerges between them? I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that was something that I like in a lot of albums that I don't see these days is them sticking to the title. And I made sure that the word green was in a lot of referencing throughout the album yeah. and, and the word balloon. You start with the colors at the beginning of the record. Yeah. It's a big part of it too. Are you at a point now? I mean, it might be too early that, you know, the album just came out, but are you at a point now where you're thinking about what the next one looks like, what the next one sounds like? Um, yeah. Are, are those themes starting to emerge for you? Nah. <laughs> Before, because um, just the intensity and stuff like that that I was thinking of, and of how I wanted this uh, the next one to be, you know, passionate like that. But no, I haven't, I haven't drawn anything yet. Not from what I'm making now. And I know that I still have to go into the studio and create even new magic. You never know where you don't you're know gonna what be. you're going to get when you get out the studio. And, you know? Well, you don't, you don't know, like... That day, that morning, that week you wake up where your brain's going to be and it's how it's going to come out. It's kind of cool. It's a little nerve-wracking, though, like a live performance, right? You don't know if you're going to be, like, sick that day, you know? You, know? you hope. I honestly wake up and I say, hello. And that's how I check the quality of my voice every morning. I say, yeah. hello. And uh, if it's not good, I go, fuck. <laughs> Tell me about that that intensity, though, that, this idea that the next one's going to be sort of, like, a little more intense and, I guess, a little less whimsical. What does that mean, exactly? I, I have to... um. I have to save that information. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much... It'll, how much... it'll give so much away. That's oh. why. You got some stuff here you're planning. Yeah. If you don't, you know, they'll, sure. they'll plan for you. Yeah. You don't want that. How much of that is impacted by, you know, the kind of, I guess, the ways in which your life has kind of changed over the last couple of years? I think it was definitely um, easier to create when you had more time to create. The little chances that you have in between time, you're spending them in a studio, you know, so that part is different. But I'm interested to see what this is going to be like because once you're in there, though, there's really no other place you know that you're supposed to be. You know you're supposed to be here creating right now. You know it. It's just in your bones. I talk to a lot of people about the difference between, you know, freelancing or, or having a creative job versus working in a place like this or like working in an IHOP, working a service job where you, you have to be somewhere every day, you know, you have to, and you have to be in that same place every day. There are certain, there are definitely downsides to that, but maybe this is a mixed bag, but one of the things about it is when you leave the IHOP or when you leave here, like you can 
shut that part of your brain off, right? Mm-hmm. You can like sort of compartmentalize. You can go off and live your life. You can't do that. You're an artist. Do you have a notebook? You have I, to have your I phone I can do with you. it, but it's not too long. You know, when I do it, it's, it's Netflix time. You know, it's ordering food and sitting down and watching it. But you can't do that too long without feeling guilty about it because you're not creating. Maybe you're not this way, but a lot of people are. But when inspiration strikes, it strikes, right? Hopefully you got your phone or your notebook. Oh, yeah, you're happy you. about it. You take it. Because, yeah. you know, she sneaks up on you. Obviously, that's better than the alternative of it not hitting you, mm-hmm. of you having to force it. But I don't force it. If it's not there, it's, yeah. she, she's not she's not here. And But I always have faith in, in knowing of who I am that, that I'm going to be there. Yeah. Do you feel like that, as, as we were talking about at the beginning of the interview, that kind of vacation, you know, do you feel like that's something you could and can and will do? Like, do you think you can just sort of step aside for a little bit? Yes, and Yeah, okay. For sure. Without a problem, yeah. <laughs> I like to chill. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of people say this, especially when you're really sort of first starting to catch heat, you know, you want to you want to embrace going. that momentum, right? I mean, yeah. the, minute, the minute you sort of step away from it, it's hard to get back into it. Yeah, I know that. That's why they have workaholics out there and, mm-hmm. you know, Beyonce and Diddy and them and Swift didn't get their wages, you know, just yeah. chilling on it. And I understand that. But I never really wanted that kind of fame. I really don't want the fame. I, I would like the fortune. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. as far as walking down the street and being, um, being, being myself, being comfortable, I'm really happy with that lifestyle. If I could, if I could touch millions of people, my music and poetry, uh, everywhere and still live a very comfortable life and make money. I'm very happy, and you know I don't have to ever be on MTV. So you feel like you're pretty happy with the level that you're at right I, now. I could reach another. I, I could reach at least five more levels <laughs> before I'm completely happy. Five levels from where you are right now is is not being able to necessarily walk down the street. <laughs> I right? can. Guess what? Guess who I think can walk down the street? I think that certain members of Maroon 5 can walk down the street. Yeah. One, of, one of them can't. Adam can't do this. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, right? there's the guy who's on, what, The Voice or whatever. Yeah. Some shit. yeah, you yeah. can do this. You can yeah. do this. And uh, But he still got he still got money. He got sure. he comfortable and he living well. But if anyone is not going to be able from you guys, if anyone's not going to be able to walk down it, the street, it'll it's probably gonna, be me. It's going to be you. I mean, your name, your name is there. You're out front. I just told you what I wanted, though. I know. <laughs> do you feel like there's a like you know you go on Fallon or whatever? Do you feel like there's kind of a marked difference? You're not able to gauge the impact on your life. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really feel the the big difference. Um, yeah. it actually feels you know just about just about the same. Tiny that's really probably changed our life more than anything. Yeah. It really did. We go everywhere, and somebody say, "I saw you on the little desk," you know, and that's in Africa, that's in you're, Israel, you're driver in Africa. that's in Australia, yeah. that's in New Zealand. That's that's the crazy, that's the beautiful part about yeah. that. But I still, I still walk down the street, and I'm in love. Do you feel a, a change in kind of pressure to you know now that like there's more eyes on you now that there's kind of more people depending on you? Um, just probably just to make sure that the album lives up to the live hype. Just about that on a slick. Even even some uh, critics will say that our album wasn't like our, our live show, but we never wanted it to be. It's impossible. Who wants I mean, it's that? a different. It's a different. Experience, it's two right? different experiences, and yeah. we wanted them to be separate. We wanted that. Nobody knows us like us, and fans that's been knowing us for years. Obviously, I'm happy with what we created. I'm really happy with it. Very proud of it. There you go. Really wonderful conversation with Tank from Tank and the Bangas. Their new record, Green Balloon, is out now on UMG Records. Thanks so much to her for taking the time to do that. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can read interviews on 
iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts and Spotify, YouTube now. Like us on Facebook. If you have any feedback, it's rlcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rlcast That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL related information. And that's about all we got for now. So stick around because we're going to be back in a few days with another episode of RIYL. Thank you.